At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 15, the Cal Clutterbuck episode, if you will, Mitch. I, I, am, Matt, <laughs> I am Matt O'Leary and I am joined by Mitch Anderson. How are you doing Hello, tonight, Hello, everyone. I am okay. I did a brewery tour today. So I had a few beers. Thankfully, I wasn't driving, so I, I was able to um, taste some of their, their new stuff that they haven't even released yet. And lo and behold, it was 7% alcohol beer. Oh, boy. It hit me pretty good when I was at the brewery. So it's a sober Matt O'Leary with a buzzed Mitch Anderson, perhaps? A light buzz. I, I'm, I'm feeling a joyful life, a joie de vivre, as the French would say. All right. This could make for some interesting content as we get started. <laughs> On episode number 15, uh, we should probably start with their last three games. The Islanders won all three games, four in a row, seven of their last eight. What do you got? I mean, um, wow. The fact that they're four wins in a row, two against divisional rivals. Um, they won a 2-1 game, which is pretty important. And then they blew Vancouver out of the water. Um, I don't... I'm kind of waiting for things to go a little bit sour. Is that wrong to say, or is that just kind of like the Islanders fan inside of me, just kind of like I'm waiting for something terrible to happen? No, I think it's the Islanders fan inside of all of us because I'm feeling that exact same way. I don't like that I'm feeling this way. I want to relax and enjoy it, but like I'm just waiting for that shoe to drop. You know what I'm saying? And and what is that shoe? Are like are we limiting ourselves to just like a Dougie blowout, like another five nothing Dallas? Or are we lim- are we looking for not looking for but like what our heart is anticipating is like a six losses in a row Ottawa Senators type of thing? Oh no, I don't think six losses in a row. Okay, I'm not going that far. I'm gonna go definitely. There's definitely gonna be a blowout soon coming. Um, the thing I'm nervous about more so than losing streak is. A significant injury right now all the Islanders injuries have been pretty insignificant pieces mm-hmm. and I'm worried that somebody in their top six falls like Nick Letty loses a finger or yeah or Nick Letty oh my god yeah that'd be awful yeah that would be that would cue the OEL rumors all over again oh I can't wait to get into that a bit <laughs> later but that yeah but that is my biggest fear I guess with this team um 
Yeah, like, look, they finished November 8th, 3-1, and one, which is absurd, right? We, we didn't think this was going to happen. We, we knew they were good. We all knew that they were good. And, and I know we caught a lot of heat at the beginning of the summer because we did a, a projection, we as a site, and we put them in a playoff position. We weren't pie in the sky, homeboys saying, oh, they're going to win the division. But at the moment, they're in a position to do so. And it, it's early. It's really early. But a quarter way through the season... They've passed the first hurdle where they're in a playoff position at this point. So 78% of the time they're going to make the playoffs from here on in. Um, that's hurdle number one. It's just getting into yourself into a position where you can make the playoffs. Like they're a point out of the lead of the Metropolitan Division, which is I don't care who you are or where you come from. The Metropolitan Division is the, hard, the toughest division in hockey right now. Yes. So they're a point out with a game in hand on Columbus. And they have a better goal differential. They have, I'm looking at it now, they already have a better row. Like, the tiebreakers are also in their favor. It's all yes. Islanders right now in terms of standings. Yeah, the Islanders have themselves in a great position. Who would have thought they'd be in second place in the Metropolitan Division a quarter of the way through the season? Yeah, although, to be fair, who thought the New Jersey Devils would be a step below them? And I, I, as in a step below them in the third position level on points. Who thought that was going to happen? Also fair. Also, I thought, very I fair thought point. that the Devils are going to be basement fodder another year running, but lo and behold, they aren't because of Will Butcher and Nico Heischer. Oh my God! That, that's why you got to play the games. You don't win games on paper. You can't decide what? Stanley Cup champions on paper. And huh. I know so what am I doing crazy with this thought. paper here? I have paper right here in front of me. What am I doing with it then? Seems scribbling like nonsense i don't know well it's just well you can see it but no one else can see it but it's just my son's nonsense and i have to write my notes between my son's scribbles great thanks elliot <laughs> oh boy <laughs> oh no someone look for a body because the bus just ran over my son oh my god and those scribbles he was talking about was a very very nice drawing sure yeah that should have been put on the refrigerator but it uh, now has Islanders notes on it. <laughs> now it will go on the refrigerator. Um, so, yeah, that's my takeaway. And, like, listen, the last, what, three games? So they were – they the last time we did a podcast, they were they had just completed the 4-3 win over Philadelphia in overtime. In the mm. last three games, they've put up 12 goals. 12. That's crazy. That's four goals a game on average. That If that pace keeps up, they're, all, they're they're, they're going to win a ton more games. Like there's no way they could be out of these games. I, but I, although like the goaltender's got to be a little bit better, and, and it has just a smidge. Um, Halak is playing a little bit nice. You know, he's playing some 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 good games right now. But that needs to keep up because the Islanders aren't going to score four goals a game, right? You wouldn't think that they would continue that pace, but I mean, you look at their numbers through 24 games out of a. Out of those 24 games, and 11 of them, they've scored five goals or more, which is nuts. Uh, They're on 3.6 goals per game average right now throughout the season. If you get okay goaltending, you should be just fine. Yeah, amen the, to that. And that's part of the reason why the Islanders have been winning so many games in a row right now. Their goalie play has turned around a little bit. Is that going to stay consistent enough, though? I guess that's... A cause for concern. I would hate to see Halak be complacent again. Because I, I honestly think, and this was my theory a few weeks running, is that what they needed to do with Halak is just tell him, listen, Yarrow, you're not number one material right now. We need you at a number one. 
And until you get there, we're going to limit your starts. And that's what happened. Grice went out there for a number of games. And sure enough, on a back-to-back, they put him out against Ottawa, and he played well, very well. So they're going, well, all right, you earned another shot. And he went out against Vancouver, and again, he played really well. No soft goals. Oh, my God, what are the odds that Halak didn't let in a soft goal? Uh, Although, like, that power play goal against, against Vancouver, that wasn't great. I know what, but that nece- wasn't necessarily on him, right? No. Um, I just wanted to, I'm just trying to vamp because I'm trying to bring up his stats here. He went, where are they? 920 with a two goals against, against, um, against Vancouver. So that's a 920 against Vancouver. And I didn't pull up the Ottawa stats, but I know he was much better than that letting in one goal against. So he's a 1.5 goals against average in his last two games. That will win you hockey games no matter how much the team scores. Just on average and just by the rules of hockey. That is irrespective of the fact that the Islanders are scoring almost four goals a game. Yeah, exactly. That's I think that's the point we're trying to get out here is if if just if you get decent goalie play, we're not talking about great goalie play or even above average goalie play. Just give me average NHL goaltender mm-hmm. and the Isles could be a very dangerous team going forward. Oh, I wouldn't say very dangerous team. I would immediately vault into contender status. I'm not ready to say wow. that they're, they're a contender. But listen, they get average goaltending, and they're putting up four goals a game. You get average goaltending. Like, Halak stopped 9-6-9 the other night against Ottawa. That's nuts. He stopped how many shots? I didn't see how many shots. He stopped 31 shots. 31. That's a, that's a busy night for Halak. That's a busy night for any goaltender. It's November 29th. We're before <laughs> December. I just want to. I just want to clarify. Do yeah. we have on record Mitch Anderson saying that the Islanders could be a contender? Yeah, it's on the podcast, which is wow. being recorded. I'm speaking okay. to microphone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fo- I said it. This is, folks, this is groundbreaking history here on Eyes on Isles podcast. We <laughs> are full on positive. The Kool Aid is just coursing through Mitch Anderson's veins oh, at the moment. I'm waiting for the Kool Aid man to break through this brick wall to my right. You, I think you are the Kool Aid Man in that red sweatshirt, and you have the red uh, foam thing on your microphone. You, you're get a lot of red going on there, so it's you might actually happening. be the Kool Aid. Oh my God! The transition um, is happening. I'm gonna have to go out and buy some Kool Aid tomorrow. Wow. Oh man, we don't know what to do with ourselves. No, this I is don't. New territory for us. The, the fact that we're 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 revolting into this category of they could they could do this they could do this although. I'm really not sure about... You know what? I, I'm Still, what I wasn't sure about is how they would fare in the playoffs. And what's the one thing you need in the playoffs? Goalie. Sh- sh- yeah, okay, fair enough, I guess. I would I say a hot my, goalie. <laughs> I shot myself in the foot there. Well, you needed <laughs> many things. I don't know. <laughs> that wasn't the answer I was looking for. The answer I was looking for, and I hope someone else was yelling this out on the, L- the LIR when they're take- listening to this in their beautiful, beautiful headphones, is that they need deep defense. And the Islanders oh. kind of have that. They kind of have a deep defensive bench. Right? Uh, I, I know no. you're quiet, but you you, no. you look at their defensive bench and you say, okay, Letty's great. Um, Boychuk's good. That's your top pair. Perfect. DeHaan, getting better. Pretty good as, as a second-tier guy. They got um, Hickey, definitely a second-tier guy, but you know maybe a third-tier guy. And then they got a rotating basis of Pelek, Pollock, Seidenberg, Mayfield. And even then, Mayfield, good second-pairing guy at the moment. Like, that's some good defensive depth. 
And I'm sure they'll go and get like a 92 year old guy that they'll put on the blue line if they make the playoffs. I'm sure they'll go get him for like a fifth round pick. I'm sure that's going to happen. Uh, do you know if uh, Sidlitsky's available? Can we get him back? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anyone want to get on the horn to him? Um, I disagree a little bit with that. With um, what? With what they need, or they they being contenders? The defensive, the defensive depth. Okay. I think they have bodies, but are they all quality? Okay, what's quality to you then? What's your what's your barometer for quality? <sighs> yay or quality nay? I would like another second pair defenseman. Right, but what what is that exactly? What does that second pair defense look like in the world of Matt O'Leary? Yeah. OEL. Oh. Are we getting there already? We're only like 11 minutes in and we're already getting to OEL. That was our like our large topic. We're going to spend a considerable amount, amount of time talking about OEL. I completely disagree that OEL is that, that second pair guy. Um, although if you had him as a second pair guy, awesome. Um, but, okay, we're, we're getting well off topic here with, with the, the proclamation. Right, we'll wrap it the, back around. we got to wrap it yeah, back around. The last four games, fantastic. Can they keep this up? Yes. Will they keep it up? Obviously not. They're going to have to lose the game at some point. But the fact that you're, you're able to string these wins together shows me, especially at this time of the year, where you've, you've passed the introductory period, you're now into like the dog days of the calendar, right? Where you're heading into December, the December, January, February slog of we'll see what happens. They're putting points in the bank. They're putting themselves in a position to get to that playoff run where they can then make other decisions with the roster that we'll get to later. Okay, so in their last three games, three wins, 12 goals, now 15-7-2 record. Doing pretty well. Want to move on to topic number two? Yes. All right. Andrew Ladd. Your boy. My my boy <laughs> is <laughs> sneakily undercover producing. Okay. He's got 12 points. Yeah. Six goals, six assists. So that puts him on pace for 41 points That's over right. a full 82-game season. Which is good? It's okay. It's not worth his contract. There, yeah, there like, it is. If the, I mean, if this is the debate we're going to have, obviously it's not uh, $5.5 million is not worth 41 points. But if he is your lowest producing member of your top six with 41 points, that's a good problem to have. Yeah, and I I said that absolutely facetiously going like, is okay. that good? Because I, I think I even, I said, if he gets over 40 points, I'll be happy. And I would be, because he did only score 31 points last year. Um, For me, the thing that, that, that I'm happy about is that he's scoring these now which he wasn't doing last year, right? The last year he had that marathon of no goals whatsoever for years and years and years on men um, that he was able to finally put to bed in, what, December? Or maybe late November? I forget exactly when he started scoring last season. Uh, but he's doing that now. So he's got 12 points in the bank already. And we know, if we know anything about Andrew Ladd, is that in the second half of the season, he's better. Right? He showed that last year. He showed it years and years and years and years when he was in Winnipeg. Kevin Shevendayoff can't stop talking about the fact that Andrew Ladd is good in the second half of the season. Or not good, but better. 
Right. So if he's on a 41-point pace now, you would assume that that could go up to 45, 50 points if he gets hot in the second half like he has shown to do over the course of his career. I think that's fair. And and if we get Andrew Ladd at a 50-point pace, or not even a 50-point pace would be nice. A 50-point season would be even better because pace isn't guaranteed. But if he ends the year at 50 points, I'll be even happier. Obviously, there's 10 more points, so why wouldn't I be? Um but you're starting to get to a point where, okay, 5.5 isn't looking so bad. I know it's not digestible, but in the new era where money is starting to flow like crazy, uh, you know what? It's kind of like that's not too bad. That's an okay return. It sucks that it took two years, though. Right. I think that's more the return the Islanders were expecting from him, like a 50-point season. He's not playing with Tavares, which I think was expected, but... He is a part of one of, if not the best second lines in the NHL right now. Yeah, it's certainly the most productive second line in the NHL, I would say. At the very least. Right when you got Barzal, Eberle, Ladd on the same line. So Barzal's sitting at, what, 23 points on the year? 24 points? Eberle's got 18? Mm-hmm. And then Ladd's got 12. So there's 30 points between just Ladd and Eberle. And then you add another... 24 so that's 54 points on the season just for those three guys in 24 games that's fantastic and you you average that pace out you got a 40 point guy you got what another you got an 82 point guy on your second line and then you have another what is Eberle's at 20 is it 20 18 points so something around 60 points that's amazing 82 60 and 40 you have a 182-point second line. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I'll sign up for that so quick right now. Whatever whatever it takes, I will sign my life away to the devil if I can get that at the moment. That's yeah. phenomenal numbers. And you would expect the top line to produce even more so than that because all of them are at a point-per-game pace right now, yeah, which is exactly. insane. So and, and that's why all we need is average goaltending. Like even just a smidge below average, a nine fifteen save percentage consistently throughout the year will win us even more games. More games that we're supposed that we shouldn't necessarily win, we would end up winning. Which is insane because we're winning four in a row. What are we talking about winning more games? We've won all the games that we've had in the last four, but it's gonna come a time through an eighty two game season where there's games where you're just not there. You're competitive, right. you're showing up, you're just not, not there. there. There are also games where you just don't show up whatsoever, like in Dallas and in Columbus, but there, there's going to be a few games during the season where they, they're there, but they're just, you know, they're, they're, they're meandering about, and that's when goaltending needs to step in to kind of kick them in the rear and go like, no, no, we can win this game, guys. Here we go. As we're speaking of guys who are undercover producing, Mitch, I have another one for you. It's not on our oh, running order, but oh. this might... Might surprise you. Can I take Did a you... guess? Yeah. Okay. So you're trying to get me to guess an undercover producer. And I don't I don't have anything open. I have Andrew Ladd's stat sheet open and my Audacity program to make sure that my recording is working as we go. Okay. So you're just looking for an undercover producer in on the Isles roster. That's what you're looking yeah. for? Mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna say Cal Clutterbuck with eight points. Not where I was going. Oh. I th- oh. Ready? Yeah. Okay. In 14 games, yeah. Josh Hosang has 10 points. <laughs> oh, I don't know why I didn't say him. The second you, you said, that's not where I'm going, I went, oh, he meant Hosang. 
That's a 58-point pace over a full season. But, Mitch, yep. the fools and idiots, of which there are many on Twitter, will tell you that he's not having a good year. What? In what world does someone tell you he's not having a good year? Is it, and I want to know why. Is it turnovers? I, I know I'm asking you, but it's have rhetorical you not, because... Have you not like seen on, on the internet? Everyone is saying that he, he needed more time to develop. He's still not ready, blah, 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 blah. I think he's proven once again. I wrote it how many weeks ago that he was actually on a better pace than what he was last year, and people were praising him last year. What's with the hate this year? Yeah, and it still doesn't make sense. Like I understand those comments that you're you're talking about, what you're referring to, where he's not developed. He's going to need to develop when they sent him down. I get it then because he was being sent down. So you're you're trying to rationalize a decision. I don't understand it now when you're doubling people who would double down on that because it just doesn't make any sense. Because he's producing. The numbers are there. Maybe he's not passing their eye test that they've developed that they've developed on their own because he's coughing the puck up. Like and, and it's tough to say. There's so many plays that happen in a game. If you're gonna fix it in a single one, you're gonna have a tough time here. Yeah, and so many people I see saying, Oh, he needs to shoot the puck more. Well, as much as that might be true, it's not like he he's not putting up any points. They're not saying that about Matthew Barzell, who you could probably say the same thing about. He's a playmaker. They're both going to probably look for a pass first. Same thing with Bailey, for Christ's sake. How many years have we seen <laughs> Bailey doesn't shoot enough? Well, look at him now. He's at a point-per-game pace. Yeah, and I think Butchie made a, a, a good – I'm going to praise Butchie here um, – a good analogy of that when Vancouver came into town and that he was identifying the difference between both Besser and Barzal. And this isn't going to be rocket science, but one is a shooter and one is a playmaker. Playmakers aren't necessarily shooters. They can still shoot, they can still score, but they aren't your finishers, your shooters, the guys with the highest shooting percentage, with the higher, the, the better shot on the team. That's a Brock Besser. And Matthew Barzell is a playmaker. Well, that's what Joshua saying is. So when he's not shooting, it's because he's looking for that pass, like you said. And if he doesn't have someone there who can receive said pass, well, the play is going to die. So he needs better line mates. I'm not saying he needs to be bumped up to the second or the first line. I just think that that third line isn't as complimentary as the other ones are for a player like Bailey on the top line who has a finisher in Lee, who has a finisher in Tavares, or like Barzell who has a finisher in Eberle and even Ladd. True. And keep in mind, Hosang is also playing with Brock Nelson, who's in month number two of hibernation, <laughs> and Alan Quine is his center. Oh, that's, that is not a good look. Um, so how much are you expecting more out of him you know well well that's just it like he should have more and it's not necessarily on him so i know that our one of our guys tim wrote that his points per 60 are are top of the pops when it comes to rookies i think he's what 3.16 points per 60 and that ranks him sixth him being hosang amongst all rookies um, which is fantastic considering the ice time he's getting uh but if he had someone better to, to pass that puck to, or someone who, who wasn't, like you say, hibernating, um, perhaps this would go better. Um, Brock Nelson should be that guy. He is that finisher. That's his one thing, is that he can shoot the puck really, really well. He's got an accurate, and he's got a strong wrist shot. He's just not using it. And, and it's not, maybe I shouldn't say that. He's shooting a lot. It's just, he's not putting himself in a, in a position to do so. Yeah, he really hasn't, um, and it's for a while now. I feel like he has one goal in the last... I mean, I got it open here. He 12 games? He hasn't scored, so he scored once 
on November 18th and not since October 24th did he score then. So he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 15 games where he hasn't scored a goal. So so one for his last 16. No, two, two over his last 16. Two over his last 16. So once every eight games... He's scoring a goal. Fantastic. <laughs> that is great stuff from Brock Nelson, who's supposed to be a finisher, who has this great wrist shot. I Again, it's not an idea who he, that he's supposed to be a finisher. He is a finisher. Brock Nelson has an accurate and strong wrist shot. It's not that he's not shooting it. He is, but he's just not getting himself in enough positions to get more shots off. Right? Like, you yes. look at that, that, that. There's this one play that I keep remembering from the Vancouver game where um, Hosang was going in, not on a breakaway, but a one-on-one. Um, with one of the Vancouver defensemen. I forget who it was. Uh, and instead of shooting it on net, he he took the puck wide around the net, trying to, to open up space in the slot for someone like a trailing Brock Nelson. But no one was there. That's the, On that single play, Brock, a player like Brock Nelson or anyone else who was on the ice with him would have had two looks. First, he could have had a trailer on a two-on-one, but no one was there. And he should have had a trailer to go into the slot which would have presented him with a perfect look and a perfect shooting opportunity. But again, no one was there. That's two chances for Brock Nelson to bury the puck, who could bury the puck, but he wasn't there. So because he's not putting himself in the position to, to, to maximize the skills that he has, that's why he's not scoring. Because he's on the ice with a guy who's got speed and skill opening up room, but Brock Nelson doesn't have the skills to match that other skill set. He's not complementary. Right, which is becoming an issue problematic there. yeah but what, what do you what do you what do you put there like uh, not trades who do you put there to to do that instead there is no other options like you're not, my, do, you're, do you call up michael dal cole and hope that he fixes it <laughs> exactly you're gonna call up michael dal cole mitch <laughs> are you kidding me what's your what then you're gonna make brock nelson center so you're gonna have Michael, I can't score a goal in the AHL, Dal Cole, on your left wing. Brock Nelson in month two of hibernation as your center. And then Josh Hosang out on an island trying to make plays happen with those two knuckleheads on the ice at the same time. <laughs> um, Sure. Yeah, I don't No, I don't want to call Dal Cole up, but like, who else do you call up? Tanner Fritz? No, there's no other option. There's just no other stick option. Stick it out. So, like, you know, Dal Cole's got two goals on the year. That is not good. Eight points in 18 games. Oh. Oof. That is not, that is not good. Okay, before I move on, can I get a bust out of you yet? No. Oh, no. come on! Please, you declared <laughs> the Islanders a contender, which is a little bit of a hot take, and then saying that Michael Dal Cole is a bust, which is a lukewarm take at best, you won't hop on board with. I'm pushing. I'm not saying no, but I'm not saying yes. I'm definitely pushing. And, I, and I'm gesturing to my laptop, pushing it away so you can see both hands doing doing so. I am pushing. And you're you're a betting man too, which is the crazy part. I, I am a betting man. And, and I'm not saying I'm betting on him. If you, Okay, wait. Are you asking would I put money down on Del Cole being a bust or not? No, my, my initial question is are you ready to call him a bust right now? Right. And if I'm not putting any money on it, no. Okay, but if you had to put money on it, you would say? If I had to be in definitives, yeah, I, I would call him a bust. <laughs> I got you. Almost on a technicality. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm fine. It's fine with me. Like, yeah, he scored two goals, 17 goals in his last, 
what is it, 85 plus 893 games in the AHL. 17 goals, 93 games, and this guy is supposed to be a finisher. Not good. Not good at all. No, uh, not good at all. Uh, while we're on the topic of prospects, do you want to talk about something a little more positive? Yeah. You wrote a piece this week, the top three Islanders defensive prospects. Why don't you start with who is on your list and why? Okay, well, the list is, is quite simple and quite short, and I'm sure everyone's got the same list. And if you don't, well, I suggest you go read it because you'll, you'll quickly come to the same conclusion. Uh, number one, and we're talking prospects. We're not talking rookies. So that means anyone that is currently playing in the NHL or on an NH- on the Islanders' NHL roster does not count. So no Ryan Pulak, no Adam Pellick, no Scott Mayfield. Uh, so the top three right. in order is Devin Taves, Sebastian Ajo, Mitchell Van de Sample. So why is your, is your next question? Yes, um, that Devin, is my next question. Devin Taves had a fantastic AHL season last year, both uh, in terms of narratives, so the story behind him, um, but also because of how much he put up in terms of points. Uh, I think it was 45. I had it open a second ago, a second ago but I didn't close it. Uh, I'll bring it I'm up pretty again. sure that's right. Um, so he had that. He's doing it again this season. I think he's second on the team in terms of points um, so yep, far 13. through whatever exit. 13 points on the season. Thank you, Matt. Um, through 18 games. Sorry, he is yeah tied for second um, with Sebastian Ajo, who... They drafted, they being the Islanders, they drafted just this year in 2017 and is now playing in the AHL. Um, he was undrafted a few years, um, so that's why he's now here. But he's putting up points. He's got 13 points in 18 games. He put up a hat trick. That's a big thing. So in terms of momentum, he's the next one in line. Um, and then it's Mitchell Vandesop who's got 10 points in 15 games. And, and the, the big thing with all of these defensemen, maybe not Taves, is that they're small. Like Sebastian Ajo, I think, is 5'10", 5'10", 176. He's shorter than I am, but a little bit heavier. Uh, and Mitchell Vandesample isn't far behind that. I think he's, again, 5'10", yeah, 190. So okay. just a s- more solid 5'10". Uh, but these guys aren't very big in terms of defensive prospects. They're, they're definitely the flight of foot moving the puck out of the zone defenseman, what you need in the NHL going forward. And the Islanders have them in spades. Yeah, I'm a big fan of all three of these guys. I had them in the exact same order. Uh, Devontae's just because he did it last year. Aho, I'm very happy that he's putting up this kind of production so early on. He was a second-round pick, too. It's not like he was a first-round pick and people were expecting this right away. Um, and then I have Van de Sample right below him. I think that's completely fair. Oh, yeah. Well, who else would you would you take? Like, There's no one else around, really. Because, again, there are three rookies playing on the team right now. Parker Witherspoon, who's not really having that good of a year? Yeah. Um, correction on your on your draft pick. He was selected in the fifth round. Aho, Sebastian really? Aho was. Yeah. Selected fifth round, 139th overall by the New York Islanders in 2017. Are you, thinking, the se- are you, are you thinking of the Finnish Sebastian Aho or the Swedish Sebastian Aho? No, I am... Mitch, what is happening right now? Are you sure about this? I've got his Elite Prospects hockey page open right now. In 2017, the Islanders selected Sebastian Aho 139th overall in the fifth round. So if you're thinking of their oh, I'm thinking second of round Robin pick, Salo. Yeah, there you go. 
Whoops. Also another D-man, also doing pretty well, if I'm not mistaken, out in Finland, if he's still playing in Finland. Uh, I'm going to pull up his stats here. Uh, Come on here. Career stats, 2017, Finland under 20. No, so in the Liga, he's got three points in 21 games. So, okay. okay. Well, so that's even more impressive because I thought he was a second-round pick. This is a fifth-round pick producing at such a high level right away. That's right. So, again, fifth round because he's small. He's 5'10", 176. Um, that's not a big guy when you're patrolling the blue line. That's the thing in, in this NHL. They still want those big bodies. They still want the Brian Murray type of build, that big, strong, going to beat you off the puck defenseman, not these flight-of-foot guys like, like Carlson, right? Like on this other podcast that I do, we interviewed a guy who writes for the Ottawa Senators, or not for the Senators, about the Senators, and he's been doing so for years. And he was there in 2008 when they drafted Eric Carlson 15th overall. And his his column that day was just bewildered. He said something along the lines of, Brian Murray did, one of the, did, did, did something crazy today where he threw a pebble in a lake and he drafted dot, 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 Eric Carlson? Question mark? That's the thing. Like, mm. there, there's still this disregard for these European defensemen coming into the league who maybe aren't the biggest, but definitely have skills to, 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 to give to the, the, the team. And that's what Sebastian Ajo brings. That's what Mitchell Vandelsample brings, although he's not a European prospect. He played in the OHL, and he's definitely Canadian. Um, and that's what Devin Tays brings, although, again, not the same type of storyline. But they're bringing that game that we need, and we have three of them coming up that could play next year. Yeah, any one of those three could probably step right in and play next year. So that's definitely exciting stuff to see. All three of those guys producing at the AHL level mm-hmm. right now. Want to get into the biggie of the week? Yeah, I know you do. You don't? Uh, you seem you seem really hesitant. I I just don't know where this is gonna go. I'm what? not sure. Well, well, let, let's see. I, I hate dealing with with on air trade topics because then it it just kind of like leads to all kinds of like, well, what if we throw this guy in and what do we throw this guy in and everyone? We're always going to disagree on a trade scenario. We're always going to disagree because everyone okay. has their own opinions on a trade. And the, the, these trades are based off personal valuations. And, and GMs are never going to agree to yours either because they are also people dealing in personal um, uh, decision-making and valuations of players. Well, let, okay. let's, let's go to this trade here that, that, you wanted, right. that you've put forward. Well, I mean, not so, you. In case you were living under a rock, Larry Brooks of the New York Post came out and proposed a trade saying that the Islanders should try to acquire... Ekman Larson from the Coyotes, and he put together a really big trade. It was either so it was Hosang slash Beauvillier, comma Brock Nelson, comma Pulak slash Mayfield, and a first round pick. Pretty sure that's what it was. So a lot. I. And then came up with another trade scenario, which I liked a lot better. And apparently some other websites liked it a lot better that will remain <laughs> nameless. So much so that they just wrote the same thing. Wow. Uh, um, I said I would do Nelson, Pulak, a first and a second. So my reason behind it is when you are a team trying to rebuild like the Coyotes are, you want to acquire as many 
future assets as possible. Things that don't cost you anything, like draft picks. You acquire another first and second round pick. Now you got four picks in the first two rounds. More chances to hit on a quality young NHL player that can help you win at a cost-effective price. You have Nelson, who's already an established 40-point scorer. And Pulak still has potential, even though he's kind of struggled early on this year. So that was my proposal. And the reason why I put that together is because someone like OEL, I think, puts you over the top. And if they did something like that, then I'd be ready to say contender. Um, okay. Um, hmm. I, I'm just looking at OEL stats just to familiarize myself with like his body of work a little bit more. And he's put more like 50, he put up 55 points once. And other than that, 44 was his highest. He's on pace now for 55 this season. He put up 39 last season. And why am I only looking at points? It's just because that's the, that seems like the argument for OEL is that he's this puck-moving, high-scoring defenseman. And he definitely seems to be based off of what he's producing. That seems to, to, to jive with what he's doing. Um, his power play points are phenomenal, so that that's that's a, that's something to look forward to. Um, but giving up that much... I know an hour man, Chris, wrote something saying we shouldn't sell the farm um, because we're not sure about Tavares yet. I'm not sure we should sell the, sell the farm at all. Um, I feel like we're, we're stuck in like this post-Matt Duchesne trade world now where exciting and valuable prospects, not prospects, but players are now worth a slew of options where everyone's now going to come with the Joe Sackick package wanting like 15 picks and two players. Um, and that's, that's a lot to give a guy that look, the, the Washington Capitals did this last year when they went after Kevin Shattenkirk and that didn't work. Say what you will about the fact that the Washington Capitals can't get past the Pittsburgh Penguins. Kevin Shattenkirk couldn't do it. And that this is exactly what we're intimating now, is picking up another Kevin Shattenkirk. Can I try to convince you? Please. Please okay. do. How would you feel if I said that he is under contract through next year at a $5.5 million cap hit? Okay, again, Kevin Better Shattenkirk. Better or worse? Okay. How would you feel if I said he is second amongst defensemen in goals to Shea Weber since 2013? That's good. Okay. Getting warmer? Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a lot more mobile and younger than Shea Weber is, and his cap hit, like you said, is nothing. Well, it's five. It's 5.5, but it's not going to be for forever. All right. You're a stats nerd. You might like this one. Okay. 2.9 2. Corsi 4 relative is 11th among defensemen since 2013. Okay. That's good. I do like that. And he's still producing on one of the league's worst teams. And they've been bad for a while. I think they missed the playoffs six since... years in a row. Yeah. Um. That That's not – I don't like hearing that. Like, oh, he's playing well in a bad team. They're still going to score. They're still going to score. Like th- that's they're just not winning because they have no other elements because they're still giving up a lot of points. Like he's still a minus sixty four on his career. He's a minus nineteen this year. Minus nineteen. He was a minus twenty five the year before that. So like, sure, you you, you can say that he's he's producing a lot, but this team is letting in a lot a lot with them. I'm just. We're going to give up a lot. Like, okay, we, we look at your package, and it's Nelson Pulak in a first. We give that up, and there's there's no guarantee that we get anything back. 
we're getting OEL for whatever playoff run we have, and then what? That's just another free agent to sign. You don't have to worry about that till after next year, though. Well, you're still out Pulak and Nelson. Hopefully, Bellows can step in to take you, over how Nelson. How many? Mitch just listed 25 other defensive prospects in the in the farm system that are producing. <laughs> it's three, three. Okay, I, I get it. I, I'm just, I, I maybe I'm too risk averse, which sounds crazy as as a, as a gambling man, but you literally just said earlier this episode. Yeah, you said. If they that get him, they, it's no, no, no. Before be contender. This, no, before this, you said that the Islanders are a contender if they get consistent goalie play. So, what would you think if they got another elite level defenseman in the mix? Would you put them yeah. a, again even higher? As even yeah, closer well, to sure. a real contender? If we're saying we're bringing an OEL and we're not giving anything up, absolutely. Fantastic. Mitch, but you got to give something up eventually. How many I prospects are you going to sit on for years and years and years on end? I know. It now just, is the perfect time, though. Uh, you're right. They're so you're, close. You're, you're right. It is the perfect time to do so. I'm just, uh, I'm on the fence. I, I see your point. I see the counterpoint. And I'm having a trouble, I'm having trouble reconciling it because I can see where they bring him in. And if it doesn't work, then oh, that's, he's gone. He's, is he going to want to stay? Probably not. I, I just see Kevin Shattenkirk all over again. And maybe this uh, is my fault because it's recency bias. It just that's all I'm seeing right now is, is Kevin Shattenkirk. So, so you'd be upset if Garth Snow in year 12 said, you know what, I'm going to go for it and be a buyer at the deadline and go try and become over the top I, and not sit on my I prospects. I never said that. What I said is that's, that if you're looking for a decision from me, I'm not ready to make one because I, I can't reconcile both sides. It's a very push-heavy podcast today. Um, I'm not ready to reconcile either side. If, if Garth goes and gets it, I will gladly say I'm going to sit and watch because I'm not sure how it's going to go, and I really hope for the best. I'm disappointed in you today. You're still not ready to, <laughs> to jump on this podcast, on this trade, which uh, I think is good, obviously. Thanks, Dad. Or you're not... I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, exactly. I'm the one with two children. I'm supposed to be well-versed in this, and you're the one spewing disappointment. And you're still holding on to that Michael Del Cole. I don't, I don't get you today. I, really I, just, I just don't want him to be a bust. I want him to be successful. But, like, listen, halfway through the year, if he, do, if he doesn't put up, what is he at right now? Ten points? Eight points on the year, I think it was. If he doesn't put up 20 points by midway this season, I'll be ready to say bust. So they okay. play, what, 76 games it is in the AHL? Divide so by 33 two. games. 38 is halfway. Um, and they've already played 18. So in another 20 games, he has to put up a point per game. It's unattainable based off what he's done, but I'm giving him the chance to do so. Okay. I he's can't, not, I can't he, wait. He's not going to do it, so get ready with the hashtag done. It's, it's probably going to happen, but I'm giving him an out. All right. And, and me an out. You gave yourself kind of an ultimatum, which that's that's one step closer to admitting that he's yeah, a bust. Absolutely. Um, we can have right. a bust party. We will. We definitely <laughs> will have a bust party. I can't wait for that episode. I really can't. Oh, there we go. All right. I want to move on and get to our social segment. Yeah, the let's trending do that. stories. If you are on Twitter, which you should be, uh, it's very entertaining. 
You might have saw a video slash gif of Jordan Eberly <laughs> getting his helmet adjusted. And it's very comical because someone is has a screwdriver and is adjusting one of the screws on his helmet. And it looks as if the helmet is going right through into his brain just by his facial reaction. You got any, you got anything on this one, Mitch? Um, it's it's great to see that we might have another robot on the team. Um, maybe that's why they thought <laughs> it could work out between the two, between he and 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 John Tavares. Um, you can you really when when the equipment guy is screwing it in, it kind of looks like Everly's going, oh oh god, oh god, um, in a very uh, this is kind of painful or this is kind of not so painful way. Um, take it the way you want. Uh, it it doesn't look good because he's just kind of looking up to the sky. I'm assuming he's looking at the Jumbotron. Um, and I like what, what Isles, our uh, SUV, had to say afterwards, saying, um, we figured out what was wrong with, with Jordan Eberle Edmonton. He just had a few screws loose. But <laughs> That's a good one. You see, I could relate to that GIF slash video. Why? What, are know. you like Frankenstein or something? Someone's got to like tighten your bolts around your neck, or no, 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 no. I know I am tall and lanky, so that That's is a true. very easy joke. <laughs> but again, we're gonna relate to a personal story a little bit. I used to work at a sporting goods store. I think I mentioned this, and That's we right. sold mostly hockey equipment. Shout out, played again, Oceanside. Um, and I would have to try helmets on these kids, and it comes in either extra small, small, medium, large. That's just the only sizes. It doesn't go by like hat size or anything like that. So you'd have to guesstimate by looking at a kid's dome and say, is he a small? <laughs> is he a medium? What's the deal? So then you would have to try and find the right size, adjust it, right, to get it bigger. And then you, uh, while it's on his head, you crunch it so it's tight, so it's not wiggling around. And then you take the screwdriver and then screw it in. So I've done what that trainer did. Millions and millions of times in my life. So I, it gave me a little nostalgia feeling to when I used to work in retail. Oh, that's nice. You felt whole again for once. I, I did. My heart was full that day. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, also, yesterday, we should mention Jigs McDonald's birthday. Oh, Legend that's right. Legendary Islanders broadcaster Jigs McDonald. Happy birthday to him. Any idea how old he turned? I believe it was 72. Good for him. Are we going to hear from him this year? I don't know. I don't, I don't think Brendan is having any other kids. Uh, I think he's good with the two I think he's got, so I wouldn't imagine so. But maybe if they head down to Florida, I don't think they'd be opposed to doing so. Although they already went down to Florida, didn't they? Yeah, they already played Florida, so I don't think that's happening. We'll see. Right. Maybe when Jack Capuano comes back to town in January, he'll be calling the game. That would be quite fitting. I can't wait to see what they play on the Jumbotron for Jack Capuano and how everyone reacts. I can't wait. I'm going to bring my tomatoes. Just, just chuck them at them. Yeah, okay. Don't do not do that. Anyone listening, uh, please don't join uh, in no, on the no, fun. No, 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 no. If you just see a very tall, lanky guy being escorted out with some tomatoes, <laughs> it's me. Yeah. Um, And the last one I really wanted to touch on that I had anyway. The Islanders are actually good and people don't know how to react to it. No, we couldn't react to it. I called them a contender and it sent you in a tailspin. I I know. Yeah. Point proven on this exact 
podcast episode. But basically, if you just scroll through the hashtag aisles on Twitter, it's everyone who's like, yeah, this team's playing pretty well, but, you know, it's the Islander. Like, I see so many comparisons to the 2014-15 team. <laughs> like, oh, they were so good at that point, and then the, we all know what happened then. Well, they they lost even then. They, they could have gone far. They just lost the game seven. Like, ask the, the Washington Capitals how they feel about that. Or um, what's his name? Uh, not Bruce Boudreau. Um, God, the guy out in Anaheim now. Anyways, he lost like a... No, not in... Oh. It is Bruce Boudreau. Ask him about it. We'll see. It's the guy who lost a bunch of game sevens. I don't think I got the right coach right. Someone will correct me on the Twitter box. Um, tell me who it is at us and tell me who I'm thinking of because I can't think of his name for the life of me. That's okay. That's what social media is for. To, it's to for, correct uh, me openly correct. in front of everyone and anyone in the world. That's in true. In front of the entire world. Exactly. Uh, do you have anything else for the social segment? I am all done. Yes, so we did cover a lot. The Islanders are cooking right along. Winners of seven of their last eight. Andrew Ladd, Josh Hosang, undercover producing. Talked a little bit about the Islanders' prospects and how they have some pretty nice depth there. Mitch is still not ready, though, unfortunately, to jump on that Dal Cole. Is a bus train? Maybe no. next week? Telling you, no, it's going to be way past that. <laughs> and then the 20 games, I said. They don't play that many games in the AHL in a row. Uh, but before we go, we should remind you to subscribe, like, comment, rate, all that good stuff on the podcast. It really helps us out. You can follow along with Eyes on Isles on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. We're on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY, and Mitch is at TLO Mitch. So make sure to follow along with, uh, with us there for our regular nonsense. And uh, that's pretty much it. Another episode's in the book, Mitch. We didn't hit anyone, so we, we didn't live up to the spirit of Cal Clutterbuck. But I do have a nice beard going on. I didn't shave it into a mutton chops. My wife wouldn't let me. I was going to do it for the show. But uh, she does not like the mutton chops. No. So unfortunately, we did not have a cool mustache from Mitch. But you've been listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast. We'll see you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.